Hello everyone, I'm Tabita Rajab, your host. Welcome to the CDH Women Empowerment Podcast Series. As we continue to celebrate 100 years in women in law in South Africa, we bring you another episode of this series. Today we are joined by Numlayo Mabena Mlilo, who is a senior associate in our dispute resolution practice. She focuses on commercial litigation, with specific attention to property and property finance-related litigation for major financial institutions. Nomlayo was the youngest black female attorney to be admitted as a conveyancer by the Legal Practice Council at the age of 23. Welcome, Nomlayo. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Tavita. Thank you for having me on this platform. Great. I mean, at the age of 23, how did that come about? If we if we can just start there. Uh, thank you. So I think I was just one of those people who were lucky enough to start school when I was quite young. And because I went to school early, I got to finish my matric when I was 17 years old. And I went straight to do my LLB at the University of Pretoria. And when I finished my degree, I came to CDH to do my articles at the age of 21. So at the time that I wrote my board exams, I was 22. And I decided that I wanted to be admitted as a conveyancer and as an attorney at the same time. I wanted to do that simultaneously. And so that resulted in me writing my conveyancing exam when I was still doing my articles. And I got admitted at the age of 23. So I think I was just pretty lucky to have started school early and I didn't take breaks in between, I suppose. And that's how that happened. (laughs) And was law always something that you wanted to do? No, definitely. So actually my name means mother of law. Nomlayo means mother of law, quite literally. So I think it's a career that I was always set up to do, maybe inadvertently so by my parents. But as a child, I was also someone who actually liked to read a lot. And I read a Ghanaian book called The Innocent Prisoner. And when I read it, I decided that, you know, I wanted to make the world a better place. And I think I wanted to do that through this avenue of studying law. And I don't think I ever changed my mind throughout my schooling career. And as I was learning, I didn't change my mind on what I wanted to do. So, yeah, definitely. What sort of impact do you hope to make as a conveyancer, you know, to address the lack of transformation in the property industry? I think that it's very important for people to have uh, people that they look up to who have gone through the same journey that they have and have traveled the same journey that they have. When I did my vacation work here at CDH, we had a talk from Ati Pretorius, who was then the head of the department, the real estate department at CDH. And he told us about the convincing exam and he told us about the lack of transformation in that industry and he spoke about the difficulty in respect of the pass rate when we look at that exam. And I think that I just want wanted to address that as a person, but also to set the path for other people who want to do the same thing and for them to see that people who have lived the same experiences that they have can also actually achieve this one thing that is seemingly so difficult to achieve. And I'm a big believer in the fact that lived experiences contribute so much to how people view life. So if I've gone through it and we've gone through the same journey, then you are also capable of going through it. And that's the kind of impact that I'm hoping to have. And I mean, uh, that's basically then what probably motivated you to take the role, you know, and being an inspiration to young people, especially women. 
to overcome, you know, certain challenges and to pursue um, careers in law? Yes, no, definitely. So the idea of mentorship and the idea of traveling a path that I think other people would want to look at and emulate came from when I was in high school and the high school that I went to, we used to have winter school in metric as it was a boarding school and we would get other nanas who alumni rather who have gone through the same school, who are now in university or who are now working. And they would come back and talk to us about how they've experienced university, how they've experienced work life and how the school that with the same educational background that we've gone through has set them up for that. And I think that kind of made me realize that when you look at people who have done what you've done or what you're doing and they've gone on to be these great people, you also feel like, you know what, I can actually do this. So it inspired me to want to do that for a lot of young black girls to say, look, this is the experience that we go through and this is what we've all done. But we are here today because, you know, we persevered in this respect or we did this in that respect. So that motivated me a lot to want to be an inspiration to a lot of young black girls. And it's something that I've tried to pursue as much as I possibly can. You are actively involved in various initiatives and events, you know, that are aimed at empowering young women. Can you share some memorable experiences or lessons learned from those engagements? Of course. So I have participated in quite a few events that are there to mentor young women, more especially. But one of the ones that have been the most memorable for me has been the National Youth Development Agency's Women of First conference that we had. And it was an initiative by the Office of the Executive Chairperson of the NYDA, which was aimed at cultivating a diverse pool of influence and leverage representation across various sectors in order to address socioeconomic challenges faced by the South African youth, particularly women. So that was such an inspiration to me because we got a lot of women who were coming together and pulling their resources and pulling their time to just try and help young women and to, you know, inspire young women and try to get them to pursue their dreams. And for me, that was highly inspirational. But and another one that I've also participated in is the South African chapter of the International Association of Women Judges, where we mentor young students and we try to get them to be more comfortable with the legal profession and, you know, try to set them along the path of making it in the legal industry. So that has been quite amazing to be a part of. And as I said earlier, lived experiences matter. So when we are doing this, we're just trying to get young women to look at their lives and see that they can always develop and do more. And one of my favorites was also an event that I did with the Johannesburg Junior Council where I did a talk with the ladies and the young women in the JJC. There were some young men there as well, but we got to speak to them as well. And it touched me, especially when I was invited by one of the girls who was there to go to the school at Grace Trinity for one of their speakeasy events just to talk to those girls because they felt that they were inspired by the story and they wanted other girls as well to be inspired by it. So those have been my uh, most prized memories through this journey. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, that's like basically, you know, paying it forward, which is really great. How do you see mentorship programs contributing to the transformation of legal professions? 
like the one under the South African chapter of the International Association of Women Judges? I think that the importance of mentorship, especially in the spaces that we occupy, is to try and provide access to the space to people who would not naturally have that kind of access. And I always give an example which may sound quite silly, but the first time I saw CDH and I came to Sancton, it was the most amazing thing that had ever happened to me in my life when I came for my interview. And it's not a space I would naturally have had access to. And it's not a space I would know how to interact in, right? And I believe that mentorship programs are help to teach people how to interact in these settings and how to build confidence and comfort in these kinds of spaces. And that's the access we're trying to give them. For example, like when you're in varsity, you learn where to find the law, you learn what the law is, but they don't teach you how to behave in the space. They don't teach you social interactions and how to conduct yourself in boardrooms. And that's the kind of mentorship we're trying to give so that when people enter into these spaces, you know, they are more comfortable and they're more confident. For example, with me, uh, when I was at CDH at the beginning, I think my first four saw evaluations, the one thing that was always brought up is the fact that I must break out of my shell. I need to break out of my shell and become more confident. And maybe as much as it was fair at the time, maybe the issue is not that I was not confident, but I was just not confident in the space that I was in. For example, we come from a culture where you would never call an adult by name, right? And when you get to the space, then you have to call your director by name. And you look like you're being hesitant, you look like you're not being confident, but you're just having a bit of a, an internal struggle and it comes across as you're not being confident. So when we are doing these mentorship programs, we're trying to get people to know how to behave in the space and to get comfortable with it so that by the time they come here, you know, at least the shell is quartered to broke. That's mainly more practical, you know, the well and good you've got, you've got the knowledge in terms of the law, but you do need people skills as well. And which women are you inspired by in your career and why? I'm inspired by black women and how their lives are generally punctuated by hard work. And I watch black women in different industries, whether it's white collar industries or blue collar industries, and they just always in this mode of working hard because that's what that's the card that they've generally been dealt in life. So I'm always inspired by them. But I think I would also be remiss if I don't mention my director, Tavi Ferman, because I've seen how her she has dedicated her career to developing young black professionals. And we see that in our team, we see it in the broader department and in the firm and how she's genuinely concerned about developing and growing young black professionals. I'm genuinely inspired by that because it's something that I aspire to. I want to have young people also come in and see that they can rise to the ranks as the way she is at the moment. And I think because she's doing that on a daily basis, it also is something for us to look at and emulate. So, yeah, I think I'd need to mention that. You've worked with Tabini for how many years now? I think quite a few years. Yes, I have. So I joined Tabili's team during COVID. It was really the height of the first COVID batch. I think it was September 2020. So I've been working with her for over three years. Yeah. So looking ahead, what are your hopes and uh, expectations for the future of legal professions and the access of justice in South Africa in general? Um, so I would like to have a legal industry and a legal profession that is representative of the society that we live in. 
And I would like to see in these big spaces and in these big firms, a lot of people that represent the kind of society that we live in also represented in the firms. I also want to see briefing patterns getting better, which is something I'm really passionate about and having these big transactions and these big matters also land on the desks of, you know, black professionals and black advocates. So it's something that we're also trying to work on and it's it's something that I think we can be better at. And are you mentoring anyone at the moment? And is it somebody who is in the legal industry? So as part of the South African chapter of the International Association for Women's Judges, I have mentored quite a number of people over the last couple of years and the mentorship hasn't stopped there. So as much as the tenure ends after a year, I've continued to mentor various people and the person I'm working with most intensely at the moment is Putti. Her name is Mat Putti Ho, Masha, but I call her Putti. I've been working with her since she was a student and uh, she graduated and trying to get her to, you know, sign up for articles. We'll work together on getting her cover letters ready, getting her savings ready and all of that. So she's the person I'm really, really working um, quite intensely with at the moment because I think she's the person who needs it most at the moment. I can tell that you really have a passion to, you know, mentor and grow other, you know, juniors who are wanting to be successful in in the legal industry. So now on a lighter note, what um, are you reading any books at the moment? Uh, So I just finished reading Critical But Stable by Angela Makorwa. It was really good. And I I really, really enjoyed that. And I'm starting The Yearning by Mohale Mashiko. I'm hoping that it's going to live up to my expectations because Critical But Stable was really good. And what kind of uh, genres are those? Are they? No, they're definitely fictions. <laughs> I enjoyed reading fiction after hours because we spent the whole day reading case law and reading all about other people's lives. So it's nice to go back and relax and read fiction and laugh and cry um, on things that are not necessarily real. I tried reading a self-help book when I was reading Critical But Stable. I tried The Seven principles of making marriage work and I didn't take to it very much so no definitely fiction and then are you watching um anything yes at the moment for one I'm waiting for season six of Young Sheldon um Netflix doesn't have it yet for some reason and then I'm also watching season four of Love is Blind which is very funny and I just finished Miss Education so that is what I'm streaming on Netflix at the moment yeah Wonderful. It was so great chatting to you, Norm Lyo. And yeah, and continue, you know, paying it forward and being such an inspiration to those who are up and coming. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Tamita, for having me on this platform. The views and information expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily present those of the firm. All content is provided for general purposes only and does not constitute legal advice. We make no representations, warranties or guarantees, whether expressed or implied, that the content on our podcast is accurate, complete, up-to-date or reflects the current law. We accept no responsibility for any loss or damage, whether direct or consequential, arising from reliance on the information which is presented here.